you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Rhett Bucky here with Move the Sticks today, presented by the Ford F-Series. I'll stop for a second. That was pretty good, right? That was very good. That, that was, was like excellent. On, that was like on the that money, That was excellent. Right? That was excellent. I, you, I, I mean, I felt pretty good about it. That's right. I mean, you came out the box smoking. I like it. <laughs> I like it. That's how you're supposed to come out. Uh, like, the first 15, you need to right? be out with it. I like that. Well, it's Rhett Lewis here uh, in for my pal, uh, Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, Who's on a birthday you know, extravaganza. He's on the Gundy. He's on yeah. Gundy level now. He's 40. <laughs> he's a man. He's going to take some time off for his birthday uh, out hanging with the family in, in New York. Uh you know, good for him. Enjoy your time. But I'm glad to be here with you, Bucket. Now, I mean, I just want to get back to that intro for a second because that's DJ's that's DJ's line, right? The what's up everybody? Yeah, what's DJ, up everybody? You know, you know I mean, like yeah. that's that's his deal. That's like that's like we're we're bordering on the iconic level. I mean, you guys have that's done right. what, two hundred plus episodes here? Yeah, how many we got how many we got in? How many how many how many do we have? Two thirty two, I think two, this two, is thir- what this will be. So, two thirty two. So like, how, how many before we get a gold watch and start getting trinkets? Right? That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Cause like the, the, the old what's up everybody is like it's it's bordering on like Jim Nance, hello friends. Yeah. I mean like go. if you had to rank the intros of the podcast here at NFL Network. Ooh. I mean, th- this is we're two forty-two. Sorry, two forty-two. Come on, Sully. Yeah. Come on, Sully. Two fifty. Um, two fifty should be a celebration. It, it should, should be a good watch. But you know, like I'm saying, like look, I love the ATN guys, and you know, like Kansas and the the whole uh, room full of heroes. The heroes. Like, I, mean, like, that's I mean, that's nice. But that's it's, I, don't, I don't know how you're heroic. I'm trying to figure out what they're a, saving people from. It's a little self-promoting for a lot. Me. I mean, like a lot the, of self-promotion. The what's up, everybody is clean. It gets in. It's like DJ. You know, he's a li- little hip with it. You know, it's not quite the yeah. hello. Hot. And, you know, like I, I know Damashek's probably saying something about kibitzing and, and the thin slice of heaven. I don't know. I just like I, I feel like I feel like the what's up, everybody is kind of like right up there at the top. We're, we're for the common fan. We're for yeah. the common man. Everyone kind of blends in. We just kind of bring in. everybody it's together. It's clean. We're clean. We get right to uh, it. And, and let's do it. And, and I mean, you guys do it three days a week now, right? Three days a week. Sunday, Monday morning. That counts as one. Tuesday and Thursday. Thursday, obviously, is the video show that you guys are checking us out now. But yes. three. 
three times you get all the stuff. And, man, it's about to get really exciting for us as we spin forward looking ahead to the draft. You're a big part of our oh, coverage on yeah, Path baby. to the Draft. So it's about to be a lot of fun. Uh, no doubt about it. And then, uh, of course, if you're listening to the audio pod, right, we can check the uh, Thursday video show, NFL.com slash MTS video uh, on NFL Now as well. Um, so, I mean, Buck, I, I'm obviously I'm glad to be here with you. Uh, I mean, we talk every day about all, everything that's going on. Oh, but everything. But yeah. see, like, I don't know if people know <laughs> – what my man comes from because everyone knows that you kind of have a who's your thing. Yeah. People that paid attention to the podcast last year when you came in after Indiana deposed of Carolina kind of, you know, y'all talking about I basketball. I, I felt good about myself. But I don't know if they know that you were a candy striper uh, on the football that, squad that's at, true. at IU. That's true. That you were a Hoosier, a Hoosier for life. Um, so there we go, 2001, 2005. Look, look. I, how about – they're missing some numbers, I feel like. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like we could have done a better job of getting you in the paint yeah. and scoring some touchdowns. But right. I think the bad thing is, like, the age discrepancy, 89? Jeez. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. See, like we're listening to completely different there, things. Right? Like, like my serious radio is set to something completely different than yours. No, is. Like, is mine is probably, like, 80s and 90s. But you, like, you're, you're I'm into a, a whole like, new Yeah, I'm into hits whole one, new deal. You know, yeah, like, that like whole thing. Sure. completely different deal. Sure, sure. more more the highway uh, for me. Um, but, you know, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And, you know, look, I mean, the numbers are one thing. Um, but, you know, until you get the, the framed jersey up at your local establishment in Ooh. the uh, – I mean, like, I don't want to, I don't want to toot the old horn, but over, over <laughs> toot, at, toot. Over, you, I don't want to toot the horn, but toot, toot. I get it. Yourself over at Nick's English Hut, uh, in <laughs> go upstairs, check out the old uh, framed Kleinschmidt jersey, um, which uh, I guess we just let the cat out of the bag, you know, yeah. the actual middle name. That, that, that's okay. Um, but you know, whatever. That, that, I mean, that that's good. I mean, I'm excited, and I'm excited <laughs> to talk about all the stuff we got. What do we got, man? We, man got, we got today. We're gonna do Week 14 preview. We have Wentz versus Golf breakdown. I think we did that a few times uh, on Path to the Draft. A couple of years ago, we're going to rank the Heisman finalists as prospects, and we're going to talk about some local news. Yeah, and stuff. Uh, so a lot still to come, and I guess, uh, once again, still to come for the Browns is another new executive. After today, yeah. uh, the Browns confirming what our Ian Rappaport had tweeted out earlier, that they have released general manager, uh, and yeah, Sashi Brown is out after, what, two Plus season, two plus years. The process, much like the 76ers and Sam Hinkie, like he was, he won't get an opportunity to stay through the process and the rebuilding oh. uh, endeavor that the Cleveland Browns are doing. But I will say this for Sashi Brown and what they were attempting to do: they certainly have positioned the team to get a lot of draft picks, to have a lot of capital, but do some movers and shakers when it comes down to uh, fortifying the talent on the team. But anytime you take a radical approach and attempt to do things differently, if you don't have the success on the field, people come after you. And because so many people have kind of come at the Cleveland Browns, I felt like Jimmy Haslam feels compelled to try and find more of a traditional football guy at the top of his flow chart to make yeah. the decisions when it comes to acquiring personnel. I wonder what happens with Deep Podesta here going forward. <laughs> you know, it it'd be interesting because whoever was bought into this analytical approach Right, so we're do you just have to like see. tear this thing down again? I mean, like, I mean, I think you kind of have to this strip is a it. Philosophical change. I think you have to strip it to the studs, but I think what you're doing, going back to more potentially of a traditional model, um, I think it's kind of easier. Scouts would go back to doing the things that they've regularly done. They have a voice in the meeting. I had heard that the way they were doing it under Sashi Brown, those guys were more information gatherers rather than. Um, scouts in a traditional sense. So it will be interesting to see it. And I know some people are wondering why now. Well, yeah. the Giants kind of 
hit the accelerator. They hit the gas when they decided to get rid of Jerry Reese and Ben McAdoo. So now you're in the market for a general manager. You need to kind of clear up your situation so you can have first dibs at the hottest candidate. And because when you look at the two organizations, the Cleveland Browns and the New York Giants, the New York Giants are viewed as a a franchise that's a model of stability. The Cleveland Browns are not viewed in that light. So for them to get the first seat at the table, they have to go maybe throw a bunch of money and a bunch of power at an executive for them to take over. So they needed to get this done so they could kind of get in front of the likes of the John Dorseys and some of the other guys that may be available in this process. Because uh, despite all the draft picks and the young talent, uh, the Giants brand uh, is the brand will always sway. <clears throat> like the brand, know? it's the brand it because the, the Giants are viewed as kind of like an old guard, a blue blood franchise. Yeah. Uh, so many people, uh, kudos and and props to their ownership and the way the owners allow your executives to work and do things. Whereas with the Browns, it always feels like it's unstable. It's not consistent. There's a lot of moving parts. So they have to clean that up. The interesting thing is their community, Hugh Jackson through 2018. um, So so the new GM is going to have to be cool with that. uh, He's going to have to be cool with that. But I think it's very similar maybe to what we saw in Indianapolis. Chris yep. Ballard coming in. Chuck Pagano stays on board. You try to evaluate the head coach and kind of see what Paul it is. Well, we saw that as well. In like, let, let's, yeah. let's see what happens that first year. But it, it, yep. it's interesting, and it, it will really be interesting when it comes down to the quarterback situation and how much sway Hugh Jackson has with the new executive. That would be the interesting dynamic in terms of who they bring in as that guy. And lastly, this will also slow the roll of any thought that, hey, Cincinnati, let's go Marvin Lewis. Hugh's going to come over and yeah, take over. Bengals that, that, that certainly so. had to play into the evaluation too because right. the word on the street had been about Hugh Jackson potentially being dumped and going to Cincinnati as their head coach if Marvin decided Maybe to move on. Stairs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. so it – that's, it just kind of changes a couple of dynamics. It's interesting. It's a, this will be an interesting storyline to follow, uh, no doubt about it. All right, we said we got some game previews to get to. Let's start it off. Uh, we'll kick it off with an AFC West rivalry. This is a desperation game uh, for the Raiders and Chiefs, a 1 p.m. Eastern time kick. Uh, I mean, both these teams struggled through this season. I don't know if anybody's struggling as much as the Chiefs right now. Who's your, who, who, look at this match, Looking at this matchup, who's your uh, player to watch? It's funny. When I'm looking at this matchup, in most instances, you talk about the quarterback, Derek Carr, you talk about Marshawn Lynch, or one of the talented wide receivers, Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper. But I think the guy to watch in this game is Cordero Patterson. Ooh. And the reason he is someone that you have to watch in this game is his ability to impact the game, not only as a receiver because he's had more opportunities of late. We've seen him make some plays, but his ability to make a big play in the kicking game. This is a team that needs a jolt. They need some juice. They need some energy. He can deliver that as a returner. I would expect him to have plenty of opportunities to make things happen and look for him to get his hands on the ball on a gadget or two to kind of flip the field on a reverse or exotic trick play. Uh, And I'm with you on that. And I guess along similar lines, um, I want to see Tyreek Hill again have a big impact on offense. We know he's always going to be a danger when he's back receiving a kick or a punt. But he got nine targets from Alex Smith against the Jets. I think you need more than that. I, think, I don't think you can settle for less because I feel like this offense this offense is so much better when they're going at Tyreek, even if it's not for the long mm-hmm. ball, you know, because he can take the 10 and turn it yep. into, into 60. And I think just the more you keep going to him, the more opportunity you give yourself for him to take one uh, and turn it into an explosive play. I think the thing that we saw last week with Matt Nagy taking over is 
the Kansas City Chiefs now are focused on players, not plays. They're focused on getting the ball to their best players, finding a way to allow those players to make enough plays to put points on the yeah. board. We saw them score over 30 points. First time we've seen them kind of play with the same kind of video game level production yep. that we had seen at the beginning of the year. Tyreek Hill does have to have, I would think, yeah. man, anywhere from 12 to 15 targets. He needs to touch the ball, bubble screens, jets, all of jet sweeps, all of those things that are designed to allow him to showcase his athleticism and explosiveness. Yeah. They have to feed him and Travis Kelsey. It's a 10 and 87 game. Those guys need to be featured prominently in the game plan. Always. On uh, Sunday against the Jets was his 10th TD of 50-plus yards. That's the most in the league uh, since 2016. Who you got winning? Uh, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think this is a desperation desperation (laughs) game. It is a playoff game. I think they bring the level of urgency. At home, they know they have to get it done. They cannot fall behind to the L.A. Chargers and the Oakland Raiders. They have yeah. to win this one. I think it's a must win. I think it's a playoff game for them. Uh, I'm going to go on the other side with the Raiders because I think for so much of this season we've been talking about how do the Chiefs find someone to cover somebody outside of Marcus Peters, right? Who's been the other guy that, to take an, a receiver away? They went out and signed Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis. Revis Island. Island. Revis Island. We're back. Come on, it's first But now, back. now Marcus Peters is gone, suspended for a week. So, you know, with Crabtree coming back, uh, Cooper I think still a little questionable. But just with Crab back, I think he feasts. And this is a this is a day for Derek Ooh. Carr to go off on that. Wow! Side. Give it, give it to me, man. man. Give, give me the Raiders. Revis Island. Give me, no, 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 no reverence for no, Revis no, 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 Island. No, 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 man, we're not making a return flight. Wow! Uh, all right, let's move it along to the Vikings and Panthers. Uh, a marquee NFC matchup here. This is a 1 p.m. Eastern time kick in Charlotte. Buck, who are you looking for here? Hey, it's a week to week league, so I'm gonna keep my eye affixed to the quarterback position in Minnesota. Case Keenum. Yes. I'm looking at you, Case. Case, I need to see you show up. There, there's a seat, and it's getting warm. I want to make sure that you continue to play at a high level. He has been outstanding. He, you can't argue or dispute anything that he's done for the Minnesota Vikings. Even though you feel like he's on a magic carpet ride, I still want to see a level of consistency. Last week, they get a lot of credit and praise, but they only scored 14 points. Yeah, he they missed need, one or two. They, he missed a couple. He, you wonder if he's going to come back to right. earth. Is he going to be the Case Keenum that we've always seen? As long as he's playing well and not turning the ball over, he deserves to be the QB1. But like Mike Zimmer, I got my eye on you, Case. Uh-huh. All right. my eye on you. All right. Um, so this this is a, a good one here. And, and for the Panthers, look, I struggled a little bit against the Saints down in the Superdome a week ago. But Devin Funchess is a guy that I'm uh, I'm excited to see this week because he's he was a guy that was thrust into the spotlight when they traded Kelvin Benjamin uh, back in, uh, what was it, week nine? Yeah, um, early, early or, in the season. They got rid of yep. him right before the trade deadline. Uh, right before the deadline. And since then, he's doubled his receiving yards per game. I mean, he's uh, he's closing in on the 90-yard a game mark. But this is going to be his toughest test yet. Because, you know, Xavier Rhodes is, is not going to follow him. All Rhodes close. But, yes, uh, it, it's, it's going to be tough to navigate. I mean, Julio Jones had trouble uh, getting free against not just Xavier Rhodes, but this Viking secondary in general. Um, Greg Olson practicing this week could make a difference. Um, but uh, I, I, this is a game for Funches to say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a legit wide receiver one if I can have a big game against this, uh, this Viking secondary. So, uh, no, I'm not going Carolina. You're not? I'm not, no. You're right, I'm not either. I'm, I'm going I'm, with the Minnesota yeah. Vikings, and I'm going some of the reasons that you listed. Uh, Justin, you talking about Devin Funches and the challenge that he has. I believe this offense is going to be challenged by the Minnesota Vikings defense. It's as talented a front as they yeah. will face. And then you think about the back end, Xavier Rose, Harrison Smith, some of the other guys that are rotating in. I think they give the Panthers problems. 
I'm going with the Vikings. I think the Vikings get a big win on the road. Look, the Falcons only put up 275 against the Vikings a week ago. They are a, I would say, a, a much more, more explosive, more advanced passing offense than the Panthers right now. Uh, so that's going to be a real challenge. And yes, I am going Minnesota on the road, continuing their win streak. All right, what's up next? We got uh, Redskins and Chargers. This is uh, this is a good one. Um, Redskins on life support for their playoff spot, but the Chargers, man, right in the thick of things. StubHub's going to be rocking, Bucky. Uh, you going to make a trip? At the- yeah, I don't know if I'll make the trip. It's an we'll afternoon see. kick. It is an afternoon kick. We'll see. We got to get through game day live first uh, yeah, on we'll NFL see. Network. We'll see if we can make it now. Who are you looking for in this one? Jameson Crowder for the Washington Redskins. He is the guy that is squarely in the crosshairs. Didn't have a great game on Thursday night against the Dallas Cowboys. Had a couple drops. One of those led to an interception. Didn't necessarily play at the highest level. But when you look at what he had done pretty much for most of the year, 51 receptions, 628 yards, only has one touchdown, but he is really Kirk Cousins' security blanket over the middle of the field. Look for him to target number 80 when it's critical situations, particularly on third down. And I think he has an opportunity to step up and deliver. L.A. Chargers, almost at San Diego. Yep. The L.A. Chargers do a great job of blending between man-to-man and zone coverage. Look for him to work and get away. If he can win his matchup against the nickel corner, he could be a dependable outlet for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, got to be. Got to be. And it got to be more de- dependable is a great way to put it after what we saw uh, against the uh, Cowboys uh, on Thursday night. Uh, for the Chargers, I mean, I'm watching Keenan Allen just in hopes that somebody – in that Redskins secondary is also going to be watching him because I feel like nobody has the last three weeks. Dude goes first player in NFL history to go 10 plus catches, 100 plus yards and a touchdown in three straight weeks. And he's been uncoverable. I mean, he's everything. He is the best kept secret in the National Football League. I don't think people have given him enough credit for what he is. He's a top five receiver in this league. He's a dominant number one receiver. And the thing that I love about him is his versatility. He can go inside. He can go outside. He can work from either side of the field. Vertical game, underneath part, he has it all. When he was coming out of college, I kind of likened him to Anquan Bolden. He has exceeded my expectations in terms of what he has been able to do. He is an outstanding route runner, a dominant player, and the Chargers have found a way to beat him, which is why this offense is really beginning to kick in the gear. Love it in the royal blue, too. It just looks so much better. Uh, Keenan has been a force to be reckoned with in the league right now, and I know, Bucky, you're going to open up your scouts notebook on uh, Keenan Allen, uh, writing about how he is the best wide receiver that nobody is talking about right now. You can check it out, nfl.com slash scouts notebook. That'll go live for you tomorrow uh, on the web. So, Let's pick the winner here. Oh, I'm going with the Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers. I wish they could wear those uniforms again. I do too. But I am going with the Chargers. I think the Chargers are rolling. I've said that they're the best team in the AFC West. I believe they continue to confirm that with a big win against the Redskins. Look, banged up offensive line for the Redskins. I mean, even if uh, they get uh, some of those guys, Trent Williams, Morgan Moses, I mean, like they, they pop out of the game, you know, dealing with injuries. And when you got a, a, a team that's had the second most sacks in the league since week seven in the Chargers with Ingram and Bosa coming off the edge – I just I you know I, I worry about Cousins standing in there and making the throws he needs to make in this one. Give me the Chargers. Ooh. Give me the Chargers. Super Chargers rolling. All right, uh, another uh, big matchup uh, this week in the afternoon games, Bucky down in Jacksonville. Uh, when he rolls great games uh, down in Duval uh, on Florida's first coast, uh, Seahawks visiting, making the long trip to long Jacksonville. Trip. Um, but I mean, Russ. Uh, it's everything. I mean, I think if you go back to your high school days, that's number three in your program, number one in your heart. <laughs> Russell Wilson is the MVP candidate. He should be the front runner based on what he's doing. When you look at how he has played this year, 
He's accounted for over 82% of their run pass yards. Um, That's more than three teams in the league right now. More than three teams. (laughs) He has 29 of their 33 total touchdowns. He is playing at an outstanding rate. And then it's money time in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. No one is doing it better than him. He has 15 fourth-quarter touchdown passes, only one interception, passer rating over 134, best in the league. He is getting it done. When you think about what the most valuable player is supposed to be, I don't think you can make the argument that there's anyone that is more valuable to their team than Russell Wilson. He needs to play like an MVP because their defense in Saxonville, yeah, legitimate. Now, but that that's one of my questions for you because uh, obviously the game plan begins and ends with trying to defend Russell Wilson if you're this this Jaguars defense. And yes, they have been rushing the passer like no other this season. But is, do you have to rush? Do you have to rush a little different? This week with Russ back there? I think so. And I think the reason why is because the Seattle Seahawks have done something that's very, very clever from a schematic standpoint. They are running a lot of empty formation, meaning no backs in the backfield, five eligible receivers. Normally it's three to a side, two on the other side. They're opening up the passing lanes. And what empty formation does for the defense, it makes you really have to make a decision. Do I want to blitz the formation? Or do I want to saw back in coverage? stuff up too, yeah. Now, when either decision that you make against Russell Wilson is a bad one because if you <laughs> elect to blitz him and you don't get home, his elusiveness and athleticism leads to big plays when he breaks contain against man coverage. If you sit back in zone, there are these huge running lanes that he can elect to take off from. And so for the Jacksonville Jaguars, that front four has to be on their P's and Q's to maybe mush rush this, this yeah. week. Don't go past the depth of the pocket. Make him sit in the pocket and throw, much like some teams did against Tyrod Taylor and the Buffalo Bills. That's a good point, and and especially when you get to that second level for the Jaguars, it certainly helps to have the athletic linebacking core like Miles Jack. Telvin Smith missed last week. I think getting a little better uh, this week. So I mean, a guy like Miles Jack is going to be is going to be big in this one. I don't I don't know how much they're gonna they're gonna try to shadow uh, Russ this week, but um, to be able to contain him. Uh, when he gets past that first level, it is going to be crucial. And and Miles is having a pretty darn good year right now. So is Telvin Smith. I mean, he's uh, having having a great year. I, you yeah. know, I think here here's the thing about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Seattle Seahawks. I think they're mirrors of one another, particularly when you look at their defenses. Jacksonville is the young version of Seattle yes. and the Legion of Boom and the way that they were to play. The athleticism, the togetherness, the way they lock people down on the outside. This is going to be a huge challenge for Russell Wilson because he's going to see some young, hungry defenders. Yeah. And it's a statement game in, in Duval. And, and so and, because of that, uh oh, because of that, I should have worn my Jacksonville Jaguars. Get the teal out, baby. I think Saxonville makes a statement to the league that wow. they are for real. I think they beat the Seattle Seahawks because they need this to kind of confirm their status. And if Blake Borders can have a good game against the Legion of Boom, even though it's a different version, I think it'll go a long way to building confidence that they can make a run in the postseason. I think we're seeing eye to eye here, but uh, the the thing that that gave me some pause is I went back and looked at Jacksonville's schedule. The defense has been playing so good; they've made offenses look bad. But they haven't played a big time. They have yet. not played. I mean, they they did, and they lost in Week Seven, and it was to the LA Rams. That was by far the best offense they've played this year. True, lost twenty seven seventeen. Uh, this is a different kind of offense. Different kind of that 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 L.A. Rams offense was a little more balanced because Ty Gurley could get loose. Yep. Um, Seattle plays into the hands because they're one dimensional. It's going to be a great game. It's a statement game for both teams because 
We saw Seattle knock off the Philadelphia Eagles, and many people, many of us didn't think that they could do that. Yep. Now they uh, come back and go back though. to back. Oh, right there, though. Bucky picked Buck did? I mean, a long time yeah. ago. I mean, like, what? Don't worry about it. I did. That was last week. I'm on to the next week. I'm focused. <laughs> I'm doing, um, I'm doing I, a Jeremy Pruitt Bucky thing. Thomas. I am with you, though. Uh, I think the, uh, the, the pools are going to be rocking uh, over there in Jacksonville, and uh, I think uh, – I think the Jaguars are going to get it done and, and prove to the league this week mm-hmm. that they are for real. And look, they got to have it to keep pace with the Titans atop the AFC. Got to do it. Uh, Big week this week. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're both in agreement. Jags get a win over the Seahawks this week. Um, let's finish up our game previews with the last game we're going to see on Sunday. And that is a Sunday night matchup, a back-to-back primetime AFC North physical matchup, Ravens visiting the Steelers uh, at Heinz Field. What are you looking for? These teams don't like each other, and it's going to be physical. It's going to be tough. It's really going to be a test of wills. And I think the wills for the Baltimore Ravens, the will has to be we're going to be committed to running the ball with Alex Collins. When Alex Collins is able to be a factor, he lightens the load on Joe Flacco. And when I look at Alex Collins this year, 700 yards, averaging almost five yards per carry, he hasn't had a number of 100-yard games but it's the attempts that matter more than the yards. If he's able to get anywhere from 18 to 20 attempts, it changes the way the Steelers will have to defend the Baltimore Ravens in the passing game. I believe they find a way to get him the attempts, and it gives them the best opportunity to win against what I think is a very, very good Steelers team that's kind of coming into their own. Yeah, and I think the attempts have been they've been gradually going up for Collins, and clearly that's where this Ravens offense is at its best. And look, my, my guy to watch in this one – simply because I can't take my eyes off him right now, is Le'Veon Bell. And uh, I saw Le'Veon seek out contact a little more than I'd oh, seen in the yeah. past against the Bengals uh, on uh, it's a personal on game. Monday night. Yeah. And, uh, look, I mean, he is – It's a, it, you, I go back and forth with the ar- and the argument who's more valuable to the Steelers' offense is it Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell. It it's a tough it's a tough argument to have, but Bell uh, against the Ravens um, is that a knack for the hundred yard game. I think five of his last eight against Baltimore has gone for over hundred. You go back to their Week Four matchup; he was the reason they got the dub, uh, went for 186 total yards. Um, he's touched it more than anybody in the league this year. I, I think it's not even close. 336 touches. Um, I, I just I, I think he's the guy that's going to make this uh, Steelers offense go against a Ravens defense. That thrives on the turnovers mm-hmm. and thrives on the pass rush from uh, from Tises. So, you know, let's uh, let's let's hand the rock to uh, Le'Veon Bell. Let's I, I'm looking at that clip. He is mesmerizing. I can right? see why you talk about. I just, yeah, you were like, what? We have not. What you say? I don't know. I was we we, we have not seen a running back that can do these things in the style, the patience, and the and then so the acceleration in the you know? hole. Um, I've never seen a guy that I scouted as a prospect that has changed his game as much as I've seen Le'Veon Bell. I loved him coming out of college. I likened him to Steven Jackson when he was at Michigan State. But he was 240 pounds. Yeah, he's bigger. We're now looking at a lighter version, a guy that can catch the ball out the backfield. He can run. He has a very deliberate but productive style. He has changed the game in terms of what he is. And I know we knocked him in the offseason when he said, I'm a RB1 but a second wide receiver. Yeah. He might be that. He is outstanding. And because he's so outstanding, I believe, regardless of whether Antonio Brown's able to play at a high level or not, that is enough to put the Steelers over top. I got the Steelers in this one. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Pittsburgh stays clean in the division this week. They moved to 5-0 and against AFC North opponents. Um, they've been really good in the division this year at home. I, yeah, give me give me the Steelers uh, with this one. And, uh, of course, for more picks, you know where to go. Uh, from the whole podcast group, in fact uh, – 
Pretty fun to be a part of that this week. It's the podcast, the NFL Pick'em Show. Uh, watch this Saturday, 8 a.m. Uh, on NFL Network and Sunday at 6 a.m. Of course, uh, all that Eastern time. So get up early uh, before the college game. Uh, I'm sorry, rather before the uh, the pro games on Sunday and uh, get ready for uh, everything that's to come here in week 14 with the NFL Pick'em Show. With the first pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Rams select Jared Goff. The Philadelphia Eagles select Carson Wentz. He is floating it for Aguilar. Touchdown! There is no giving up in Carson Wentz. Throws, end zone, caught, touchdown! Let's go! Let's go! He's unbelievable. Now we're awake, now we roll. All right, great look at the two most improved passers uh, in terms of passer rating from 2016 to this season. And it was the number one and number two overall picks uh, from the draft uh, in 2016. Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, uh, both, uh, I mean, look, just five losses between them. uh, And they're both up there in the passing yards. I mean, Goff throwing the ball a little more, 265 yards a game, about 15 better than uh, Carson's averaging. Both of their touchdown-interception ratio is pretty darn good, although Carson's thrown nine more TDs at 29 and both right around the 100 mark in terms of passer rating. Uh, Look, this was one of our favorite path of the draft debates uh, from uh, a couple seasons ago, Goff versus Wentz. Great thing about a debate is when no one's wrong. Uh, I don't don't think you can be wrong in this scenario, and I think what's funny about it, if you go back now, everyone is like, oh, Carson Wentz, Jerry Goff. But people laughed at both teams when they made those moves to go up to the top Gave of the, up the farm to get, to get yeah. Goff and Wentz. And yet both of these guys have played like marquee players. They play like franchise quarterbacks. And with the coaching and the supporting cast that these guys have been surrounded by, we are seeing these guys live up to the expectation Oof, that comes man. along with being the number one and number two pick, respectively. And I'm, I can't wait to see them both on the on the same field. Uh, of course, not at the same time uh, this week. Eagles and Rams, uh, Goff versus Wentz, uh, one. Uh, we'll start putting the Roman numerals uh, as they as they progress in their careers because this is going to be a fun one to track. Um, but but Carson has been leading the league in touchdowns almost the, the whole way. Uh, what's he been doing so well? I mean, he's outstanding. I think when I look at Carson Wentz, what I can say about him is he's kind of the LeBron James of the National Football League, meaning you just don't see guys who are this big, this strong, this athletic that can make the throws that he is able to make. Here we're going to see him against just moving up in the pocket, finding a way to escape. This is an off-platform throw, but the ball is going to be delivered perfectly. So part of the reason I talk about the LeBron James of the game is because we've seen LeBron just overwhelm people with the athleticism. He's kind of mind-boggling in terms of the things that he's able to do. Carson Wentz does this every week. Here we talk about clean rush to him, step up, climb in the pocket. But he's going to deliver a fadeaway, a fadeaway jump shot from three, a step back down the pipe. That's ridiculous. Down the boundary, Nelson Aguilar for a touchdown. His ability to improvise while still staying disciplined in terms of his eyes and his ball placement. 
You just don't find guys that can do that at the quarterback position. And, you know, you know despite those fantastic throws that we just showed there, you know, this was a game in which he probably struggled more than, than, than any in, in, in this season. And when you look at some of the throws that he missed, uh, yeah, he was getting pressured. Um, and, you know, missed one here to Aguilar. I mean, you go back to the, the two that I think are, are most apparent was the one the deep shot to Aguilar here that should have been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Then he comes back and overcompensates, underthrows Aguilar on the other side on a similar route, another that could have been a touchdown. And then here you saw just uh, maybe trying to do a little too much uh, there and losing the ball going into the end zone. Uh, but what was that? Hey, and who's he throwing to on that one? I mean, hey, nobody to, nobody know, they, there, man. I know they're trying to run RPOs and the Seahawks yeah. were all on it. Yeah, he was Look, he was flustered. It, it, it's a different approach. It's a different defense. That defense really challenges you because they play tight man to man. They have the hogs up front where they can really create a a rush. They don't let you yeah. get on your spot. And as much as I love his improvisational skills, it is hard for a quarterback to consistently play off the script and make off platform throws to a pinpoint spot. Yeah, let's see won. We'll see if the Rams are able to kind of force him off the spot and make him play in a helter-skelter kind of way. Yeah, he was the – he and Jacoby Brissett, the most pressured quarterbacks. I remember the Colts are playing the Jags uh, in Week 13. So that obviously a factor uh, for Jared Goff, another win for the Rams against the Cardinals. So they bounce uh, – they get two in a row now after beating the Saints at home in Week 12. They get the Cardinals on the road. Uh, nice win there. Uh, and, and, and Goff, again, I mean, like I think he's made the biggest jump based on, on how bad it was a year ago. He absolutely has made the biggest jump. He has become the ultimate joystick for Sean McVay. Yes. When you think about Sean McVay and what he's been able to do as a play caller, a play designer, he has really built this offense around what Jared Goff does very, very well. Looking at him coming out of school, I compared him to Matt Ryan. I thought he was a very accurate thrower, a guy who really excelled working in rhythm. When you watch him here against the Cardinals, it's his ability to stay in rhythm. You're going to see him climb up in the pocket, allow everything to kind of settle its way out. He looks for his first read, doesn't like what he sees, understands that Sammy Watkins is coming into that window late, drops it to him, gives him a pass that he can catch on the move and put it in the paint. Here, one of the things the Rams have done really, really well, the play-action game. little play-action, half-roll boot, deep crossing pass, I loved his accuracy and ball placement and anticipation and timing when he was a collegian. I think he's continued to do it. Sean McVay is really playing a video game with Jared Goff and him. This guy allows you to be able to execute so many things, and we're seeing this Rams offense as one of the most explosive in the league because a young quarterback is comfortable and playing very, very well. And both of these guys have been flawless in the red zone. Um, We're talking about 20 touchdowns, zero picks for Wentz. 16 touchdowns, zero picks in the red zone for Goff, and both really good on third down. So you look at the at two crucial areas, and so no secret that they're both playing so well. They're they're scoring in the red zone, and they're and they're converting third downs. Which That's what it's all about. Which is a, which is a big formula here. Uh, so, um, you know, for Goff, highest passer rating uh, by Rams quarterback, not named Kurt Warner. It's pretty good company. Very good. Pretty company. good company. Excellent company. And now this is going to be this is a tough one to pick. Um, so we got, you know, was one of the hottest teams in the league in the Eagles before they went up and lost uh, in Seattle. They're, they've been here in Southern California uh, and before they take on the Rams here at the Coliseum. Who are you going with? I'm going to go with the L.A. Rams. I'm a firm believer that the L.A. Rams are a team that has a legitimate chance to go to the Super Bowl the way that they're playing, not just on offense but on defense. Quietly, their defense is beginning to flex their muscles. Aaron Donald is playing like a dominant player on the inside. It took Wade Phillips a little while to figure out how to kind of deal with the personnel that he has, yeah. but now we're beginning to see them play up to expectation. 
the Rams' defense will be the unit that makes the difference. I think they get a huge win at home. Uh, I'm with you, uh, and I, I'm going to go with the Rams. Um, Next Gen Stats tells us the Rams send five or more guys uh, second most frequently in the league, 41% of the time on pass attempts. You know, that was something we talked about Carson having a little bit of an issue with against the Seahawks. So they definitely will pressure him. Uh, and, you know, I saw the way the Rams D was able to, I don't want to say stop the Saints uh, mm-hmm. two weeks ago, but they slowed them enough to where, you know, the offense could score just just a few more points. And, th- and, and that's that's the key. I think the first quarter is going to be critical in this game. Both teams have been fast starters. Yeah. Um, the Rams in particular, when they're working on their script, their first 15 plays, Sean McVay does a great job of getting them into the end zone on those opening drives. Let's see which team is able to control the first quarter because then they will be able to play downhill the remaining part of the game. It's important to win that first quarter. All right, so that's a good one uh, that you're going to see at 425 Eastern time. So we'll get off the air on game day live uh, in time to to get home. Jump right into it. Jump right into that one. That'll be a great one for you. All right, uh, time to move on here. The – we're going to get to a push past the expected now presented by Visa here on Move the Sticks and uh, talk about some guys who kind of need to step up and go above and beyond this week in week 14 and get their teams a dub. Uh, Who are you starting with here, Buck? I'm going to America's team. Oh, all right. Because I'm American and I love ball. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Dak Prescott, the QB1 for the Dallas Cowboys. And the reason he needs to step up his game, since Ezekiel Elliott has been away, the questions have arisen about whether he is a game manager or playmaker. And because they struggle mightily without Zeke Elliott there, there's plenty of people that believe he's a game manager. What I want to see from Dak Prescott, I want to see him show people that he can be a playmaker, that he can be the driving force of this offense. Now, in saying that, I recognize that the Cowboys are best suited to run the ball. Alfred Morris had over 100 yards against the Redskins. Man, this offense looks completely different. It helps Dez Bryant uncover. Cole Beasley becomes a a factor. Jason Witten can work over the middle. But when they get those opportunities in the passing game, I need to see Dak Prescott make those plays and he needs to complement the running game with a couple of those design runs yep. to keep the defense honest. Yeah, and looked, uh, gosh, so much better against the Redskins uh, than in previous weeks without Zeke. So that was a good a good, good piece of improvement to see. Uh, I'm going to stay in that same game on a guy that I want to see a little bit more from. And, I mean, first in line, we think back to six degrees of separation uh, with Eli Manning right now. I mean, if – I know John Mara said that the Eli benching had nothing to do with the firing of Ben McAdoo and, and Jerry Reese, um, but uh, the timing might suggest otherwise. And then you see the Browns fire Sashi Brown, maybe get a head start on the GM. Absolutely. Look, uh, going back to get Eli back in the lineup now, right? Let's see Sterling Shepard step up. Let's let's see him become a guy uh, that's more than just a, a, a second piece to Odell Beckham here because they're going to need him. I mean, they, they, yeah, uh, no, no disrespect to Devaris King and to uh, Roger Lewis and all those guys, but uh, Sterling needs to step up and have a big game for Eli. He does. He has to kind of morph into the number one role. It's not a role that he's necessarily built for, but as a slot receiver, they need to be able to get on the same page. And without Ben McAdoo, it will be interesting to see what Mike Sullivan does as offense coordinator to make Eli Eli Manning very, very comfortable. I think this week of all weeks, Eli probably has had more say in the game plan. They want to look good. Now, I'm just curious if they can protect Eli well enough. Well, that's been the case all year, right? To be able to attack down the field because no matter what we say, this front line for the Cowboys gives them a little issue because they're athletic, they're explosive, and if they get ahead, they're going to see a lot of cover too, and they're going to force him to be patient 
and discipline. And we'll see if Eli can do that. Shepard has to be a big part of the equation. Yeah, Step- uh, Shepard for sure. And Evan Ingram had a nice game a week ago. I want to see him continue to progress uh, as well. All right, who else are we looking uh, forward to? A little uh, push past the expected. Here. Let's stay in New York, but let's go to the other side. Gang Green, the New York Jets, the team that everyone expected to tank is alive and well. Yeah. They're fighting, they're battling, and part of the reason why they're playing so well on offense, Robbie Anderson has become a dude. This guy is averaging almost 17 yards per catch. He has seven touchdowns. He's a big play playmaker. He's campaigning for Pro Bowl votes because he's give it to that I'll impactful. It to I'm loving what the Jets are doing. But what I want to see from Robbie Anderson, man, can you continue to be the dude? He and Jermaine Curse, they've been so good. Maybe the Jets don't need another playmaker on the outside. When they think about getting another quarterback, maybe they already have the weapons in place to be an offense that thrives. My man, John Morton, has that offense going. He has helped Robbie Anderson become a big-time playmaker. And this was a game where I can t- I, I went out and picked up Robbie Anderson when he started making his run here in fantasy, and I was like, ah, maybe I need to maybe I need to put him on the bench with Marcus Peters in town. But he rose to the occasion Absolutely. and had another big game. Um, so that, that's been fun to watch. Uh, I'm actually going to head to uh, a game in Cleveland Ooh. this week. Yeah, Browns and Packers. Uh, look, the Packers went out and ran the ball for almost 200 yards a week ago, which is great. We don't often see the Packers do that. Uh, but the one thing the Browns have been able to do is stop the run. I think they're sixth best in the league uh, on, in rush defense. So I need Pittsburgh Steelers game Brett Hundley. Ooh. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't need the 13 for 22, 84 yards, and a 48 passer rating. I oh. need, we need a little more from Brett Hundley more? this week. So I need him to step up this week because if you go out and lose to the Browns, then the return of Aaron Rodgers means nothing, right? Because this, this is a game where, where you absolutely have to have it in order to stay in the race. It's a pressure game. It's yeah. a money game. It's a standard. This might be game. the most pressure Brett Hundley's been under all year. Well, there's a lot of pressure, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Green Bay Packers. Quietly, and most people won't expect this, but because the Browns are winless, the pressure falls to the favorite team. No one wants to be the first team to go down to the Browns. Yeah. And so when you're Brett Hundley, you're not only dealing with the pressure of trying to keep the Green Bay Packers in the race, you don't want to be the quarterback that loses to the Browns. You don't want to make the critical error that allows the Browns to get their first win. Yes, he needs to step up. He needs to play well. He also needs to play under control and needs to be disciplined. Let's see what Mike McCarthy can continue to do to make him comfortable. We saw some read option and some of the things he did at UCLA so well. Let's see if that continues to kind of pop his head up in the playbook. That was Push Past the Expected presented by Visa here on Move the Sticks. I don't know. I mean, like, am I pushing past the expected? Yes, you are. You're as, killing as, it as today. The, the fill-in? Okay. I just want to make sure. Uh, also, of course, hey, you talked about Robbie Anderson campaigning for Pro Bowl votes. Who do you want to see play in this year's 2018 Pro Bowl game in Orlando? Visit NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote and vote today. You can also learn more about how to get tickets to see NFL greats compete live and inspire the next generation of stars and fans. The most challenging evaluation, should he elect to come out, Lamar Jackson, I think that's going to be the most interesting player that we will discuss if he were to come out in the run-up to the draft because I think you're going to see polarizing opinions, Mm -hmm. unbelievable raw ability. I think he has improved as a pass from what I've seen this year. i got to really dig in and study him if he does Mm -hmm. decide to come out. Lamar Jackson is intriguing because you just don't see athletes play the position like that. You don't see a guy that is maybe the best athlete on the field with the ball in his hand on every play. As a passer, he has gone up to 60% completion rate, which is an improvement over last year. So he is a tough evaluation. 
Well, that a fun conversation and one uh, that will continue over the course of the next three months as we give you a look at the Heisman Trophy finalists. Of course, the winner announced this Saturday. And uh, the three finalists in New York, uh, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and Bryce Love. And for Lamar, of course, uh, looking for the repeat uh, as the Heisman winner, uh, 42 total touchdowns. I mean, look at those numbers. Years. Look at those numbers from every, every guy. I mean, that's no kidding. ridiculous production from those guys, which is why they were asked to go to New York. Yeah, I think we thought we might see Saquon Barkley up there uh, as a finalist. Uh, not the case. Bryce Love, though, a fantastic season. Nearly 2,000 rushing yards, 17 touchdowns. But everybody looking up at Baker Mayfield in this race right now. 4,300 passing yards, 41 touchdowns, just five picks. He's got Oklahoma in the playoffs. Uh, he's also had five rushing touchdowns as well, so 46 total. And Bucky, uh, you've got a nice piece on NFL.com. You can catch it at NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks, where you ranked the three Heisman finalists, and uh, you ranked them as pro, pro prospects. So let's count them down, all right? Uh, I remember, boy, back in what, uh, gosh, back what, week three, four of the college season, you were you were talking all about Bryce Love, and, and you were on the love train. And uh, the, the number th- you were number three guy here. Um, Bryce has been, been like almost Christian McCaffrey good in running. Oh, football. he's been outstanding. Now I have to full disclosure. I've known Bryce Love since in high school. Played for my dad at Wake Forest Roseville High School back in Raleigh, North Carolina, or just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. And he has been terrific. This is a big time playmaker, straight line guy with outstanding speed, quickness, and burst. Can get to the second level. Has 11 100 yard games this year. Is nearly able to eclipse the. 2,000-yard mark. Injuries prevented him from doing that. When I look at him and project him at the next level, he reminds me of a former Tar Heel, Giovanni Bernard, oh. meaning change-of-pace specialist, a guy who has more toughness and physicality than you would think. Needs to do a better job of catching the ball because he hasn't had many opportunities. But at the next level, his toughness, his durability, his speed is going to give him a chance to be a nice complimentary back. And, and Buck, I, I thought it was interesting that uh, you bring up in your piece on NFL.com, he's a five foot ten guy, 196 pounds. So one of those guys you would think as maybe a, a committee-type approach, a, a guy who could be a change of pace, but only 29 career receptions in the pass game. Yeah, hasn't been used heavily in the pass game, which is unusual for Stanford considering how they use Christian McCaffrey. Sure. But he has that ability. He has the ability to catch the ball. He doesn't have the proven production to show it. But when you look at him and you watch him and you're close to him, you see that, look, he has the wiggle, the burst, the explosiveness to take the paint. He's tough enough to play in that eye. If he has that route running ability, he could be a very, very good player, much like Giovanni Bernard has been for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, and I think we were reminded how good Gio is when he came in and filled in nicely for Joe Mixon uh, last week against the Steelers and made some nice runs. All right, uh, your second-rated uh, uh, Heisman finalist as a pro prospect is uh, the enigma wrapped up in a riddle a little bit in Lamar Jackson. Uh, and Look, I mean, get, bring out the controller. Absolutely. The numbers. He is a creative player. On any video game, he is everything that you look for and that you want to build around. Explosive, dynamic, terrific with the ball in his hands, can score from anywhere on the field, and he's a fearless competitor. When I watch him, and I've watched him over the last three years, each year he's made steady improvements as a passer. He is now hitting the 60% completion mark, which is what you have to do as an NFL guy. He also continues to bring the explosive dimension as a runner. Back-to-back seasons with over 1,000 yards. You talked about the number of touchdowns that he has delivered since he's been there. He is a guy that really reminds me of a young Michael Vick. And the reason I made the comparison to Michael Vick is because when I was just starting out in the scouting business, that's when Mike Vick was coming out of Virginia Tech. And 
He didn't have the kind of numbers. He was a raw, unrefined passer, yet he was number one overall in that 2001 draft. We saw him gain 1,000 yards as a rusher at quarterback. Uncommon to see those kind of things. He's going to be a tough eval for people who don't want to embrace the thought of a creative player at quarterback. But if you were willing to embrace the athleticism part of the quarterback position, Lamar Jackson could be someone that is very, very intriguing to kind of work with and build around. And you called him, uh, NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks, you called him more of a thrower. Than, yeah, he's than a, a thrower more so than a passer, meaning he's not a guy that can necessarily play the connect-the-dots games. If you're thinking that he's going to be a highly efficient passer that's going to slice you up in the small ball era, that's not necessarily how he's yeah. built to play. When I watched him and I watched him personally, I went to see him play against North Carolina at North Carolina. Struggled a little bit pushing the ball outside the numbers on those deep comebacks and outs. But if he has the opportunity to throw isolation routes like those bang eights, those skinny yep. posts, things that are part of the quick game, he can do that in rhythm. And then you add the run factor, he can be dangerous. It will take a creative offensive coordinator to pull the trigger on him, though. All right, and number one is the guy who is the Heisman Trophy uh, favorite this year, Baker Mayfield, uh, of course, started his career at Texas Tech uh, and then moved on to Oklahoma, immediately won over that team. That locker room uh, became the starter and has not looked back. Buck. He has not looked back. He's a junkyard dog at the position, meaning he's a feisty competitor. He has all the grit, the toughness, the confidence, the swag that you look for from your QB1. He has improved so much as a passer from last season to this season. I see a guy that is very accurate decisive he puts the ball right in the strike zone for the receivers but yet he continues to be a dynamic playmaker as a pro however um, it's gonna be interesting to see where he comes in at uh, he's listed at six one. I don't think he's that he's tall not, he's, not. he's going to be a guy that runs probably in that four eight to four nine category so when we make the comparisons to Russell Wilson it's a huge difference in terms of the explosiveness when you make the comparison the best comparison is probably Drew Brees in terms of his ability to use his athleticism within the pocket. If he continues to develop and understand how to manipulate the passing lanes to find windows to get the ball out, he absolutely can blossom into a Drew Brees-like player at the next level. And I think we've heard all the conversation about Baker Mayfield being a first-round pick. I think we need to kind of curb that and just think about the comparison and what he could be. Remember, Drew Brees was not drafted in the first round partially because of the measurables. Yep. He didn't fit that. Russell Wilson wasn't drafted in the first round because of or the, second. the measurables. <laughs> yeah. When you look at Baker Mayfield, he can be a great passer, but he's still going to be hung up because he's not the prototypical quarterback. I know right now we're talking about him being a first-round pick. I wouldn't be surprised to see him fall out of the first round but still have a good career just because the measurables and some of the character stuff with the flag and the gesture and all that other stuff could be a bigger yeah. part of the evaluation as we go forward. Uh, yeah, the plant the flag persona, if, yeah. if you will, uh, is something that uh, that people that is going to be talked about um, for the next four or five months until we get to Arlington uh, on draft day. And uh, – yeah, you know what? I don't know that there were many of his teammates that were that upset about that. No, um, I don't think I don't think that's it. I think I think some about that, like some people can deal with the feistness and swag. Like we've had a debate between the difference between Tom Brady showing emotion versus Odell right? Beckham showing emotion. Like that's fine. Quarterbacks get a pass when it comes to that. I think the big thing will be the public intoxication thing that he had. Um, any other things that may pop up 
during his time, like transferring from Texas Tech to Oklahoma and the like, just making sure that he can be the face of the franchise and handle all the responsibility that comes with that. As a player, yeah, you can question it, but you've seen him play really well. The playoffs will be huge for him. How does he play against Georgia? Right. SEC defense, people will put a lot of weight in that because that will be the closest test that he gets to an NFL defense outside of the Ohio State game that he had early in the year. And my point about the teammates and, and their reaction to some of the things that he does I, I think is important because uh, I'll go back to the Manning Passing Academy um, uh, where I was down there when he was there two years, two summers ago. Um, and we want to talk about him being polarizing, right? Having opinions from people on, on both, both, sides. both sides of the spectrum. Instead of polarizing, I feel like he's he's magnetic, and, and maybe not to the evaluators, but to the guys around him, the guys that matter, oh, absolutely. his teammates. I mean, that was you're in a situation down there where you're among the 40 of the best quarterbacks mm-hmm. in in college football down there as staffers uh, coaching up the kids down in Thibodeau, Louisiana, and he was one of those dudes who just soaked it up right he didn't shy away from any of the conversation I mean people wanted to come to him they gravitated Mm -hmm. to him he was the leader of the pack he was one of those alpha guys Um, which I I mean you know Drew Brees is a fantastic leader but they have different styles I I feel like in in that regard and so you know I I I I think I think he's thinking I think if people uh, will click on YouTube and they go and they pull up Baker Mayfield dancing yeah Mayfield with his teammates he does get along with his teammates. He does have a certain magnetic quality to him, yep. to his game. He is electrifying and exciting. And look, I am a guy that is a fan of having emotional players. He wears his emotions on his sleeve, yet he's calm and cool and composed. Yeah, we don't necessarily see it effective negatively on the field. And so that is the thing. I really think, man, the more we get around him, the more we kind of see, I think people will either become very, very comfortable with what he is and what he brings to the table. Because I think at the end of the day, the Baker Mayfield that you see is Baker Mayfield that's going to exist in the league. And you have to be comfortable with your quarterback being a guy that is a little more demonstrative and emotional than some of the other guys that play the position. And as we pick the winner here uh, of, of the Heisman um, and talking about Baker, I think he's the picture of the argument that's that's maybe starting to transform a little bit because so often when these types of air raid quarterbacks come out, we're saying, how will they adapt to the NFL game? I feel like with the way that we've seen Jared Goff Absolutely. Um, accommodate his skills to the NFL, it's maybe time that we start asking, how do these NFL offenses accommodate players like Baker oh, and like I, Jared, based, based on what Bill O'Brien did with Deshaun Watson this year. I think we are at a crossroads, and yeah. I think fans and executives and scouts and coaches have to begin to embrace the way the game is played on Saturdays. Yep. Increasingly on Sundays in the National Football League, the Saturday game is going to show up. The only way to get these quarterbacks up and going is to let them do what they've done in high school and college. If you think that they're going to go back and be the Dan Marinos and those guys, it's not going to happen. The game isn't played like that. And even though I know we talk about the elite quarterbacks, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, even Big Ben and maybe Phillip Rivers, those guys are all high 30 players. Yep. The new generation doesn't play like that, so we're going to have to get used to seeing a different style of the position, and it's going to require coaches to be – more adaptable and flexible with their playbooks. That's the key. As opposed to, here's my system, you're going to fit in there. 
nah, you're going to have to fit into around the, do what the quarterback does really, really well. All right, so let's pick it. Uh, I mean, is it I, I mean, I think no-brainer, right? It's I, think, Baker. I think it's Baker it's Mayfield. Baker. I think the numbers and the way he's played, I think he has had the opportunity to play a bunch of national televised games where he's looked like the best guy on the field. I think that carries a lot of sway in the voters' eye. I think he wins it. I would think Lamar Jackson would be second, which is crazy that he's had a, almost a better year than his first year when he won it. But I just think there's a little voter fatigue. Baker Mayfield gets it, and my guy Bryce Love gets a nice trip to New York, and I'm excited yeah. about him having an opportunity. I'm with you on that. I think Baker Mayfield, too good. Uh, I think uh, the plays that he's made in the primetime spotlight and the plays that he will make in the playoffs and getting Oklahoma back there again this year is, uh, is too much for the voters to pass up. Uh, Baker Mayfield, lock it up, uh, your Heisman Trophy winner this season. And, uh, well, uh, Baker and company and everybody out there listening, if you guys are an entrepreneur, uh, a small business owner, or even if you have a side gig, uh, let me introduce you to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you run your business from your cell phone while keeping your business and private personal lives separate. Choose from their huge inventory of local, toll-free, or vanity toll-free numbers. Simply forward your new number to your mobile phone and start taking calls immediately. And whether you are in an office, in your car, or out shopping for the holidays, Grasshopper's iPhone and Android apps help you stay connected to your customers. Not to mention, you can send and receive calls and texts from your business phone number. All right. And, of course, you can uh, set up multiple extensions for everyone on your team. Get your voicemails transcribed and emailed to you. And you can work from anywhere with call forwarding. Make him and receive calls from your computer. <laughs> you can do so much. You, Grasshopper does so much, y'all, and even utilize Wi-Fi calling. I mean, that's what it's all about. Right? Oh, my God. Better yet, Grasshopper offers an easy and instant setup and 24-7 customer support, all without any long-term contracts. Uh, Grasshopper. Sign up today. You go to grasshopper.com slash sticks to get your $20 off your first month. That's grasshopper.com slash sticks. Uh, I mean, that read didn't really work for my um, – <laughs> ADD self. That that that's, that's a lot. <laughs> that was a lot of back and forth. That was a little bit. A lot a lot of back and forth. But grasshopper, grasshopper make sure you get, get on it. Done. Set up your business. That that's your deal right there. Uh, all right. Hey, look, man, we're getting to the end of this thing, um, and uh, it's been kind of fun. I feel like we haven't uh, we haven't uh, you know we haven't uh, we haven't dissed on uh, DJ enough. Uh, I don't know what he's what are we doing today. You know, he was in Times uh, Square. See, the kids in Times time Square. He's probably think, they went and saw Wicked um, recently. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, DJ's a Renaissance man. I mean, he's a man wow. who appreciates the Schwartz. Maybe. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah get, you think? get get the yeah. Christmas shopping done. You think, done. You think they're, you think they're the on the piano? They're on the yeah. piano. They're trying to. All the Tom Hanks and Big. You think they're doing that? I see you. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, DJ on the Gundy level in terms of age now, big 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if he's ever going to be on that hair level. Uh, no. He's never going to be no, on that I don't, hair level. I don't, do you think he can grow a mullet? Uh, I don't know, but I we need to figure out a way to see if he can. Can we can we get the, the Photoshop folks on that? Yeah. Can we get the graphics department uh, to work on a little yeah, uh, DJ like mullet Gundy, action? Gundy, uh, get a birthday card, Gundy style to DJ. I'm a man. I'm fully <laughs> Sully's excited today. Yeah. Uh, Sully's excited today. He is excited because you know, his, 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 school, his school This is finally, how we prove it. His, 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 oh, his, wow. His school finally <laughs> has a coach every six weeks. They finally <laughs> hire somebody, and he's excited about <laughs> it. Right. Was, it was Sully's first choice that we never heard Everybody's first choice. We never heard about Nobody's first choice, but if you're picking between – Steele, Pruitt, and um, 
And no, Tucker. Tucker. All right. I'll, I'll take I'll take Brett. Tennessee uh, has got it. And, uh, hey, I also want a, a big congratulations out there. Uh, College Football Hall of Fame uh, ceremony was uh, this week. Uh, Peyton Manning, Matt Leinert uh, all going in uh, amongst others. Uh, yeah. So an, another uh, stellar class uh, into the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, so that's uh, that's going to do it here for this Thursday show. Man, Red, you were a nice quarterback. Thanks, you got a little quarterback. You've been a nice, nice little point guard. I can be a sport I, athlete. How I'm, about that? I'm like Josh McCown. Right, I can come in and get you come some in, wins. Come in, come in, get some saying. wins. You we know? don't have to tank. We don't have to tank to get a. Uh, we, we got we journeyman. Got twelve years in the twelve years in the, in the business. You know, that? come in, just get the just slide in, get the job. Brett done. Huntley, right here, getting us to the playoffs. Oh man, come on! I get you come more than eighty four yards, right? I get you more than eighty four yards. Get get more than Brett Huntley. Much better. No, it's been it's been fun. Of course, you can catch Move the Sticks now three days a week. The Sunday night slash Monday mornings always one of my favorite additions as your ten takeaway podcast there. Uh, and then every Tuesday and Thursday. And then this Thursday video show, which you can watch NFL.com slash MTS video or uh, on NFL now. And uh, also, of course, we got all the all the extra video on demand for you. Uh, everything, everything, uh, YouTube. YouTube, NFL.com. We got it all. And make sure we catch us. What is it? What Game, day? Game day. Game day live, live baby. 10 a.m. Uh, 10 a.m. Pacific. That first block. The exciting 1, block. 1 p.m. Eastern time uh, on Sundays. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll see you back when the path of the draft gets rolling uh, in mid-March. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks for watching the Move the Sticks podcast here presented by the Ford F-Series. See you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.